Come on, come on. Don't worry about those people. Just come, bow down before Jesus. Now, we just, we send away the accusers. We send away the people that are trying to pull you back. And you, I, I, I stand here. Father, Father God, I stand here as crucified one. And I stand here on behalf of Caleb. I stand here and I bring him to you, God. And he has bowed down his heart. He's humbled his heart and he's coming to you right now. Oh, God. Oh, God. What do you say, God? Caleb, you are forgiven. You are acceptable to me, not by your own righteousness, but because of the righteousness of Christ, because of the righteousness you have in my son. Yeah. Not your righteousness, but the righteousness mm -hmm. of another. Yeah. You are forgiven. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Believe Jesus. it. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you. Go, Glory to God. Amen. Thank you, Dad. Praise God. Woo! Glory to God. You know, I've only done that. This is only the second time. But you know, sometimes we read scriptures and it's it's somewhere else. But we stood, we stand this morning. You stood in the presence of God here. You worshiped God. We're not, this is not a dress rehearsal. This is the reality that we're here in the presence of God. Now, if we believe that, see the, the, the young lady pulling, uh, trying to get him to go back and, and little Esther pulling him toward him and the accuser of the brethren. I, I chose my wife special for that. Glory to God. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? That's what that's what it is. When, when somebody is coming to God, all hell breaks loose against them to try to get them to go a different way. We're living in a battle zone. We've got people that's come to the mission just recently, and after being there just a short time, they said, Man, this is a war zone. We're on the border. But you're in a battle zone here. The enemy does not want you to continue to move ahead in God. And I'll tell you, I would encourage every one of you when you're singing to sing. Even if you don't know the song. If a leader or even if a leader is not raising up the hand, get in the practice of worshiping God. You know, some people say, well, when I go to heaven, if you don't get in on this here, you won't want to be in heaven. 24 hours a day worshiping God. And we can't take two or three minutes and just focus our attention totally and worship God. We need to be worshipers and singers, participants in this work of God. This is your church. You are the church. And whether people come or don't come to a big degree will be in what kind of life that you're presenting to them. Many of the people will never come and hear the gospel here. So we are witnesses out there. Hmm? How many of you are in school? In school? Just a very few of you that are still in school? Uh, you are a light. Or you're not. But Jesus says you're a light. You're the salt of the earth. How many of you go to work somewhere? Huh? 
Do you go to work somewhere? You get in your car, you get in the bus or somewhere, and you go work? That's Jesus putting himself in that workplace through your body. See, are they seeing Jesus? But I'm going to tell you something. If we don't really exercise ourselves here, <clears throat> and then when we find ourselves in the race, we won't be ready. You see what I mean? So wherever you are, when you go to the store, when you go to the post office, you are either resplandando, showing forth the brightness of Christ, or you're a drab individual, just like everybody else dragging in there and complaining and whining and carrying on. But the church will grow accordingly as the body functions in the earth. And one of the things I challenged people last night is we need to be people that can function in the house of God, in the spirit of God, and not be weird. Come on, weirdies. Speak to me. We need to be able to function in the house of God, in the Holy Spirit, and not be weird. Amen. Amen. Now, here's a bigger challenge, is to take Christ out there and not be weird. Do you know that even missionaries, uh, sometimes I don't like pastors tell them that the missionaries come in because the missionaries have a stigma in so many places that the missionaries just coming to get something and they're going to tell some dead story about somebody that was on the road down there in Africa or something. We are lights. We should be bringing, always bringing more that we're taking away. So this is our time to be blessed. <clears throat> this is our, your time to be blessed in the presence of God. How meaningful it was to a young lady that came to the mission years back. Uh, she was a married young lady, but she was, she was not over 50. She was probably 40. And I was just up there giving some announcements, and I went over and I laid my hand on her shoulder, and when I did, God gave me a word, and I said something like this. From this day forth, that which you, has had you in bondage, you are free. You are set free. And she believed it. And when I said that, the, the group that she was with from up in Dallas, they went, <gasps> as if they knew something I didn't know. I didn't know what I was saying. I was just obeying the Holy Spirit. But a month or so later, I was in the church up in uh, uh, North Dallas. And uh, at the conclusion of the service, I was sitting down here resting a little bit. And this lady came, got down on her knees, and she looked me in the face. And she said, uh, you remember me? And I said, well, yeah, I, you, you came to the mission. And she said, yeah, I was the one that you spoke to as you was giving offerings or giving uh, information, the announcements. And she said, do you know that I had struggled for many years with the habit of smoking? I had tried to quit smoking. And the moment you touched me and spoke those words, I was free and I'm still free. Hallelujah. See? But we've got to be able to function in the house of God. But what about out there? What about when you're walking down in Buena Vista, Colorado, and you get out of your car and a lady falls over about 40 feet in front of you? What are you going to do? Are you going to dial 911? Just tell somebody else to dial 911 and speak to her and touch her and lift her up. <clears throat> or we were sitting in front of Sherry's restaurant in uh, Sherwood, Oregon, in the car, and God says, move the car up just a little bit closer. I'm kind of out in the parking lot away from, and I, and I pulled the car up about 20 feet from the front door, 
front door was here, and a van pulled up and parked right in front of me. And a man got out, an elderly man got out. And the Lord says, get ready. And I started to open the door. When I opened the door, this guy started going over, and I rushed, and I caught his head just before it hit the blacktop. And the, the woman came out, the daughter came out, and she was uh, quite, quite disturbed about the whole thing. And we picked him up and walked him into uh, a Sherry's, and they sat down. And she said, like, who are you? That you could catch my father before his head hit the blacktop. I said, well, I was just sitting out there, and God spoke to my heart that I needed to get ready and get out of this car. And I got out of the car, and as I was getting out of the car, he started falling, and I caught him. That's not weirdness. That's hearing and obeying the Holy Spirit. And a lot of times, you know what I could have done and what I have done many, many times? Oh, Lord, what good is it going to do? Uh, Tim used to say, Dad, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm getting out of the car to get ready to obey God. That sounds weird, doesn't it? But I'll tell you what, we need to be instant. What's it say? In season and out. I take that as in the church and out of the church. This place would explode with people. If just two or three of you people just move out in the spirit of God. But if you're not moving out in the spirit of God here with all this, you won't. In H-E-B. You won't. I'm telling you, you will not. You'll be too self-conscious. But see here, <clears throat> we're all kind of believers here. So we're singing, we're worshiping, and here's this uh, uh, Caleb <clears throat> up here good, leading worship and all these other young people. Uh, and the tendency, like I said, is for us to listen to them. But we need to be participating with them. And if you're doing this Sunday after Sunday, and you're getting freed up as you're coming in here, and you're just getting to getting your hands up, and you're speaking in the Spirit, how many of you have been filled with the Holy Spirit since you believe? Wow. Man, this place should have been rumbling, rumbling with, with, with the noise of praise in the Spirit. We're, we're, get, we're getting too, I don't know what we're getting, but, but, but we've, we've been dampened down. We, somebody put a damper on us. I know they did. We did in the 80s. We did that, brother. I don't know if you did it, but I did it. And we made remarks, just remarks in the congregation that, you know, well, some people are getting so spiritual, they're no earthly good. And, and after all, uh, the Holy Spirit is... Uh, we just make remarks, negative remarks about the Holy Spirit. And we took the joy out of speaking in the Spirit. And you know what happened? We took the power out of our lives. We need to be able to worship God. There's a time, there's a season, granted, I don't like those people in the mission down there when they do this to me. I'm right in the middle of my sermon. I'm preaching in God's blessing and some dear old lady starts praying in tongues and begins to weep and cry and carrying on and I'm thinking, she's messing up my service. But then I found out uh, that she was so excited. She, we had been praying for her, for her son to get out of prison and the guy sitting beside her, we'd been pre praying for a couple years years to get this guy out of prison and that day he was sitting beside her and I said sister que, que esta haciendo por que esta gritando por que esta llorando así mi hijo mi hijo mi hijo que estaba en la cárcel ya está aquí con nosotros Dios le libró Dios le libró she was so excited that God had brought her son out of the prison that's all right praise God you know what I mean but some of us have quieted down for no reason 
Let the Holy Spirit have his way. I want you to just raise your hands right now, just, just in a simple way. Now, if you're going to get something, you put your hand out like, like a child would. See, if, if somebody's got a gun in your back, you say, amen, uh, yes. But, but we're reaching out. Now, I know that this is real basic and it's almost childlike. But do you know what? The Bible says, come to me. If you're laboring and you're heavy laden, and some of you folks have been through a week and you don't want another week like it. So I want you to reach out. Now, Lord, this morning in simple faith, we just lift up our hands to you. And we acknowledge that you're in this place. This is not a dress rehearsal. This is the real thing. God, we need a touch in our lives today. We need healing to flow from your hand to our hand, down into our body, into our hearing, into our seeing, into our breathing, into our lungs, into our digestive tract, into our blood vessels, into our circulation all through our body. Oh, in our, in our organs, Lord, God, touch us this morning. I reach out to you right now. I'm reaching out, and I want you to breathe on me, Lord. I want you to speak into my spirit. And Lord, now I want you to lift up your voices, people. Come on, just lift up your voices to the Lord and ask him. Say, Lord, I, I want you to touch me here this morning. In simple faith, let me hear your voice. Lift up your voice to God. Say, Jesus, I come to you right now. Jesus, I come to you right now. Jesus, I come to you right now. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God. We come to you, God. We just invoke your name. We invoke your name, Lord. There's freedom in this house. The Spirit of God is in this house. The anointing of God is in this house. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, some of you are receiving something. Some of you are being touched. Something is, you know, happening in your heart, in your spirit, in your thinking. That's the Holy Spirit. You see, you're bombarded every minute of every day. And sometimes even in the house of God. But for sure, outside, <clears throat> there's a battle going on. And it's depleting us. It's just pounding on us and knocking us down and calling us a liar and, and, and tempt, tempting and, and, and pulling and tugging. And we need to be able to say no. I want you to say no to the devil right now. Just say no like you mean it. No. See, no. You know, Esther, when, 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 when we're doing different things together, every once in a while she say, do it like you mean it. She likes me to tickle her. She says, do it like you mean it. And you know, sometimes I need that encouragement to just, you know, really get involved in it. And that's what, that's what the house of God is about. We're coming to be refreshed and, and we're celebrating what God's been doing through the week. But we got to realize that we're in the presence of God. We're in a house that's been built by men, but we're in the presence of God because God's presence is here. Are you with me? So let me read it again to you. This is Hebrews 9.24. For Christ did not enter into a holy place made with hands, a mere copy of the true one, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Now some of you may not really be conscious of that fact that all that God did and all that God is doing and all that God will do in the future, it is not be on behalf of Jesus Jesus said, I'm not here on my own. I'm here on behalf of you, sister. Everything you face, he's there. You see? Everything you face. A young person in school, what grade of school are you in? 
Fifth, well, do you need God to help you in the fifth grade? Sure you do. We all need God's help. And, but we can't, be, we can't be hesitant, timid. So many people say uh, to a little child, say something, and the, and, and the child won't say it. And they say, well, they're just bashful. We need to break through that. I keep telling Esther, because we've had a few people say that to her, you are not bashful. God is in you. And when I ask her to do things, generally she does that. Well, God's asking us to be that light. To be that, I know your pastor and his wife and the men of God here and the, and the families. There are people that are seeking God. Seeking God because apart from God. You know what Jesus said in John 5, 19? Does anybody know what he said in there without looking it up? Anybody know what John 5, 19 says? Here's Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God, standing on the circle of this earth and says that I can do nothing. I can do nothing of myself. I don't do anything except what the Father does and what I hear him saying, that's what I say. Now that may be a limitation for, for some of us, but I'll tell you what, if we come to that conclusion that we in and of ourselves can do nothing, what might happen? What might happen if we get our mind off from our... Uh, it's kind of like uh, sometimes when we're coming to the Lord, we're, 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 we're more interested in telling him the things th that we've done that were good than focusing on him. You see what I mean? But what would happen in your life, in your home, in your marriage, in your finances, in your relationship with your children and the discipline of your children and the exhortation uh, of God through your life? What would happen if you came to the realization that you of yourself, by yourself and through yourself can't do it? Now, some of you may have already said that. I can't take this anymore. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> One man said, good, I'm, I'm good, I'm, I'm good. I, I was telling about all things. God says he's going to make all things new. He, he said, glory to God. Maybe God will give me a new wife. Now, his thought was to get a different one. But God's going to make your wife a new wife. God's going to make, some of you ladies, take courage in this. How many of you married? Come on. Don't be bashful. You chose him. <clears throat> and you got for better or for worse. I can't tell you which. But some of you may be at the place where you think, God, you know, I've been married 53 years to Charlene. That's a long time. And, I, and I've really been studious in my efforts to straighten her out. But it came to me recently. You're not going to have another 50 years. You didn't do too good on the first 50. What are you going to do? I said, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to learn to trust you. And, of course, sometimes we pray and we're in two different rooms and you can hear through the wall. Oh, God, if you could just get a hold of Charlene and help her to straighten up and walk right. And then I listen over there as Charlene saying, Oh, God, get a hold of Brother Allen. If he'd just be, treat me better, I'd, I'd be so happy. And then right in the midst of it, Esther comes walking in at year and a half old. 
and she's done it several times since that time, but when she was a year and a half old, and she comes into one of our heated discussions with her hands up, and what do you say, Esther, when we're, when we're doing our thing? What do you say? I forgot. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't forget. What about our words? Uh, what do you say? No. No. More. <coughs> more. No, no more talking. Yeah, no more talking. That's what she said at a year and a half. No more talking. No more words. Well, who is she? <laughs> you know, but that was a good word. You know why that kind of thing goes on for 53 years sometimes? Because we think we can handle it. I don't need anybody. I can handle it. Jesus said, you can do nothing of yourself. Look at Romans 11.36. This is such a beautiful word. Uh, Romans eleven thirty six. There are three prepositions. Do we have a school teacher or somebody that knows English here? Somebody that knows grammar? Don't be bashful. Somebody's got to know more than I do. Here's what it says. Romans eleven thirty six. For from him, through him. And to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. Three prepositions. What are they? What are th Yeah. From, through, and to. And Jesus said, I can do nothing of myself. What if we understood this to mean, what if God would reveal this in our hearts in the light of a marriage? I know you all never argue, but... We're, we're leaders. We're educators on how to argue. We, we've learned, practiced for many years. This says that the works of God are from him. That is, that he initiates. God initiates. And through him, if God initiates something, then God will keep it running. Hmm? And then who gets the glory? It's to him are all things. So we come to the conclusion, well, we're not able in ourselves to do Matthew 5, the Beatitudes. Do you know that that's a description of people that operate under the Holy Spirit and apart from that, they're not going to be very meek? Hmm? The Beatitudes are something that is totally impossible. In fact, there's only one person in the entire world that can live the Christ life. And that's Jesus Christ. That's the only one. Think of it. So what are we going to do? We, we humble ourselves. We call upon him. We come to Jesus. And he comes into our lives. And if we're smart, we'll let him operate. We'll let him do the work. Have you had struggles since you came to the Lord? We do. And if we're honest, there isn't anybody exempt from that. The carnality jumps up in us constantly. We, we, we say too much. Just think about the scripture that Jesus said, let your yea be yea and your no be no, and anything other than that, sin. How often do we sin? <laughs> you know, and you have your little girl that you're raising... Uh, come and say no more words no more talk 
You know why? Because we have a tendency. Why is it that you want to get the last word in before the door goes closed? Hmm? Because you know that your word is the most valuable word of all. And we love to say them. See, Jesus said, let, let him that is laboring and burdened come to me. And then there's another scripture that says, cast all your care upon him. Cast all your care. Some of you that are hurt, burdened and are hurting, maybe physically ill, mentally disturbed, uh, uh, physically weakened, and, and, and it's a burden to get up. Uh, I told the people last night, I had a, um, I woke up one morning, my eye wouldn't work. I was slobbering out of my mouth. I lost my hearing, my taste, my smell. This computer up here shut down. And it scared the slobbers out of me. I'm telling you the truth. Nothing was working. And I thought I had a stroke. I've been around. I'm a chaplain in the hospital. And I've, I've been, I see a whole bunch of them. And, uh, and so I was crying out to God. And, and, uh, and I went down to the hospital. And a, a nurse friend of mine that uh, she didn't examine me or anything. She just took one look at me. And she said, you got Bell's palsy. And I said, what's that? And they said, she told me what it is. And I said, well, I never heard of such a thing. But I was really glad it was Bell's palsy instead of what I thought it was. And, uh, and so I began to pray. But I'll tell you what, that'll really shake you up when this entire part of your system shuts down. To this day, I can't smell anything. I can't smell good or bad. I can't taste anything except Mexican food. So I've eat a lot of Mexican food now. It's just really the hot part of it that I don't really taste it, but it, but you can tell it. Um, and uh, my hearing has dropped off tremendous amount. And, and it really concerned me. And I'll tell you what, I started getting serious before God. You know, in flying, we have a, a localizer approach which keeps us online. We have an ILS system that as we get closer to the airport, it gets smaller. And then we drop out of the clouds and there's the airport. And the closer you get to the gate, the less errors you can make. And I'll tell you what, at 72, I love Jesus. Hmm? And, and, and I'm not playing games with the things of God. I tell you, we need to be very, very sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is saying in these days to our lives. And God says, I'm going to make all things new. That would include your marriage. That would include your job. That would include your attitude. That would include your finances. Every area. What if we just believe that this morning? Just that simple truth. Revelation 21.5. Somebody get Revelation 21.5 and read it out loud for us. Because God is doing this. And, and, and you know what it's doing? It's examining our hearts as to what we have our confidence in. Where is your confidence? I was challenged by this. Even in the light of prayer. Is my confidence in my prayer, and if my confidence is in my prayer instead of the finished work of Christ, I can be moved. If my confidence is in anything that I did or didn't do, I can be moved. But if my confidence is in Christ, 
if my heart is in Christ and I'm letting Christ function in me, <clears throat> then you're not going to get knocked over. What is that scripture that I asked? Could you read that, Brother Caleb, real loud for him? Now that's what God says. And you can find it in the Old Testament in Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. I behold, I will do all things new. And then it asks the question, will you be aware of it? Do you know you can be in the house of God and miss? And totally miss what God was saying and doing because your heart was over there at the, cook, at the, at the store or at the job or at the person or the restaurant while we're sitting here, we can miss. I, I, my prayer is that God will cause all of us to be more um, participant in the presence of God. Don't let all these people just sing for you. You get in on the singing. Hmm? Don't wait for somebody else to get up here and say, now we're going to lift our hands to God. Don't wait for that. If you, if you feel like crying, you know what I felt to do? When that brother read that scripture this morning, where did you read that scripture when the first one it told us? And what did it say about kneeling? Something about bow down to God? I looked around, I was hoping somebody else would bow. It said bow down, and then it says what? Something about kneel? Kneeling? That, that was so powerful. I thought, man, we, if we just did what it says there today, we'd be blessed people. What, what does that scripture say? Something about kneeling? What is it? Kneel before God. Have you done that? It's awesome. When you do it because the Spirit says, because the Word of God says, and it says, bow down. I thought, the first time I heard that, I thought, oh, because I'm a Methodist Episcopalian. We, we don't do those kind of things. We don't lift up our hand. We don't say hallelujah. We don't do anything. And, and that's the way I was raised. And, and, uh, and, and then it says bow down. And I thought, well, I don't know how to bow. I mean, we don't bow. In, in Tachikawa, J Japan, ikaga desu Ginki desu Dozo. Arigatou gozaimashita. We do that automatically over there. But in, in the house of God, I never see anybody bowing. So I didn't know how to bow. So I thought, well, I'll just practice. And so when they were singing this and talking about bowing, I thought, well, I'll just do it like this. And I just bowed a couple times before God and something happened inside of my spirit. And then they said, get down before God. Kneel down before God. And I said, God, I'm here. I'm here right now. I don't really know all about it, but I just bow down. And there's something about that humbling that does something. I remember the first time I, I was slain in the spirit. Now, I have a very precarious back, and I've been to chiropractor more times than you've been to the dentist if you had all your teeth pulled. I'll guarantee you. It started out in, in, in when I was 13 and 14 changing truck tires in the service station where my dad had it, and I was lifting those crazy things. And then I was pole vaulting, uh, and then I went in the Air Force, and I pole vaulted on that team, and, and uh, that was before they had the spring poles. Now these poles, they bend, and they flip you up over it. We had a straight, it didn't bend, and it, we didn't land on a sack full of air. We landed on the uh, uh, sawdust, 
So I had this back problem. And so now I'm around these people. I'm getting liberated from being a Methodist Episcopalian. And I'm around these people that are uh, praying in the spirit and praying for people to, I guess, just to be slain in the spirit or whatever. And I thought, that's not for me. I'm not going to do that. I just won't do it. And Timothy came back from Missouri and brought a revival to Faith Mission years ago. And uh, that was one of the things that was happening. And I just kind of stood off to the side as glory to God. You all be blessed. You know, I'm just, I'm just going to, I did what some of you did this morning. I sat down and just let somebody else do it. But anyway, uh, one day I was preaching and God wouldn't let me get around it. And I said, uh, let me just demonstrate. This is not of the spirit. This is strictly a demonstration. So I got uh, Tim standing in front of me and I'm like this. And my most trusted brother in the Lord to catch me. I said, brother, don't you let me fall on that floor. Whatever you do, I'll chase you to the end of the world. <laughs> I said, this is strictly a demonstration. You know, I, I was preaching and I just, and so Tim, he laid his hands on me and I felt myself going back and the, and the brother caught me and laid me down. I wasn't down there, not 10 seconds and God did something inside of my spirit. I was amazed I was amazed, and all I was doing was demonstrating it. You know, sometimes we have to have our eyes closed, and they kind of wiggle us back and forth, and finally we fall over, you know. But we, <laughs> sometimes we don't let the Spirit do what He's doing, wanting to do in us. <clears throat> so it, whatever God is moving, whatever the, the pastor is the leader here, right? So what He's preaching on something, if He's preaching about humble yourself, just do it. Just humble yourself. There's a, there's a tremendous power that's released in, in obedience. Now think of this. In the Old Testament, the obedience was an absolute necessity or you in big problems. Right? Under the New Testament, the response to the Holy Spirit brings God's empowerment and enablement in us because we're not doing it to get saved. We're doing it because we are saved. Are you with me? So, it takes the sweat out of it. It takes the religious, religiosity out of us. And what we're doing is we're coming and we come before God. If we bow down, we bow down before God. And when you consciously do that, like today, and like I said, this is the only second time I've ever do it, did a drama. I did this in the mission a couple months ago. But again today, when I brought this... Uh, Caleb to 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 the Lord or to God and and I and I and I was in the midst of that I felt like I was doing it I felt like it was really happening in fact when I did it in the mission the young boy is uh, the brother to Esther he's about 15 and he got about halfway up there before Charlene came the accuser he was weeping literally weeping and could hardly walk for I could get, get him to, uh, to, to God. It was so real. But see, we're, we're moving in that realm of God. We are tugging on people like little Esther was tugging on Caleb. Come on to Jesus. Come on to Jesus. You see what I mean? So in your job, you are either saying, go away from him or come to him. In school, it's one way or the other. 
But look what will happen if it's of God, by means of God, and unto God, your whole life is being expended for the purposes of God. I'll tell you what, you will be a blessed people. And you are a blessed people already. But just, just be encouraged to obey the Holy Spirit. Let God initiate things. Let God bring it to pass. Let God get the glory. I don't know, I don't know what all your needs are, but I know that if we will respond, how, how are some of the ways, uh, biblically, how, how are some of the ways that we are to respond to God? One of them is lifting hands. That's just one. What's another? We sing. We sing psalms. We clap. You know, in some places of the world, when, when you're clapping by the power of Jesus, the demons flee because they're clapping. What are some of the other ways? Uh, bow down, kneel, uh, lay, lay yourself out before God. What are some of the other ways? Talk to me. Jumping hmm? and praising and singing. David was whirling before God and his wife got so mad that she never got to have any babies. That's what happened to her when she criticized the ways of the Spirit. What else? What are some of the other ways? Hmm? Dancing before God? Shouting? That's good. Children love to do that part. <laughs> what else? There's, a, there's a hundreds of ways and scriptural ways to worship God. So don't limit yourself. Don't become a mere Methodist Episcopalian or a mere Baptist or a mere uh, something or other. You are children of God. The Spirit of God is in you. The presence of God is calling you forth. The anointing of God is upon you. Now I want to pray for a couple people. And uh, I, don't, I don't know, you know, we end up praying for certain individuals all the time, kind of because they're, they're live wires. But uh, <clears throat> let's pray. Let's just pray. Father God, thank you this morning. Thank you, Lord, that, that you um, direct and guide and provide and put us in places and Lord, my heart, I love this church. There's, a, there's something in my heart for this church that I don't have for any other church where I've been through the years. I thank you, Lord, for the memories I have of Brother Jimmy and the many, many times when I came into the services here so tired, so weak, but just in the worship, just in the worship, I was touched and anointed, lifted up and strengthened. God, I just appreciate so much this church. Lord, I thank you for all the families that are involved. And Lord, when they're heavy laden or burdened down, I feel that. When financial things happen, I feel that. When there's people that are being afflicted by diseases and things I feel that and I don't understand and I don't really know what to do about it except pray and just affirm and declare the presence of God hallelujah Lord I thank you this morning for the men that have come with their wives and their children 
for the couples that have come, for the grandparents, for the young and the older. I just thank you for your presence, Lord, and I just want to speak a blessing over this congregation. I speak help. I speak, Lord, the, the presence of God, the reality of that presence to break into our consciousness. That whatever we do, however we respond, that we will be responding in faith so much that it will, it will uh, make us zealous for God's work. It will stir us and make us zealous for all that you have for us. And we don't even understand, begin to understand even, the, the promise that's in that Revelation 21, 5, that, that, that you who are sitting on the throne will make it all new. Everything, everything new. And it's by you and it's through you and it's unto you. And we're to write these things down because they're going to come to pass. Oh God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Lord, right now for those that are troubled, that are heavy laden, if you're troubled, I want you to just slip up your hand. If you're troubled and you're burdened down and this week has been a kind of week that you wouldn't want to have another one of them, I want to pray for you. Yes, yes, yes. Three, four, five, six people. Seven, eight, nine. God, Lord, we are we are in that class that you said, come unto me and I will give you rest. Lord, I just release this into your hand. Each one of those that raised your hand, I want you to just somehow say, Lord, I release this heaviness. It's, it's making me ill. I release this into your hands right now. I release it into your hands. Oh, God, I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Now, those of you that have um, been burdened and late, heavy laden, I want to just tell you quickly of something I did. I was on a cruise. My mother gave us some money to go on a cruise. And, uh, uh, and so, uh, in those days I was really troubled. I was really troubled over some situations. <clears throat> and I went to the back of the ship. This is out in the Caribbean and these big uh, luxury liners, uh, are something else. I mean, they've got three huge, huge, uh, propellers underneath there and it just turns up the water. And it makes us, you can see it way out in the distance where you've been. And I was so burdened and I, I had talked to a man the night before, a Jewish man that had numbers on his arm. And he was in the front of the ship and he was just standing there in the dark and God had me come up and stand beside him. And I don't remember the conversation, but it came out that he had been in one of those camps and he was very, very bitter. And I just shared with him real briefly, you know, to give that to Jesus, to let that let that go. And I don't know what he did with it. But the following night I was I was kind of under the gun. And I got at the back of the ship. And if anybody saw me, they would have thought I was gonna go over. <laughs> but I, I got I was just there and I said, God, here, I've got all of this <clears throat> stuff. It's been in my mind and in my heart and in my spirit and it's destroying me. And God, I'm just going to give it to you. I'm going to throw it at you. 
And so I, I got up as high as I could, and I went like this, and I threw it out. And instantly, I was relieved of the pressure of it. Just a simple act of faith. I just threw it out. And sometimes we have to put our faith into action. And those of you that are financially being really scrunched, you may have to just take a hold of that name of the Lord and speak to the poverty spirit that's trying to destroy and say, you will not have any further place in my life. I rebuke that spirit of infirmity and I speak it to go in Jesus' name. Sometimes we have to get up and do it. You know what happens if somebody prays for you and you get set free and you don't act on it? Seven worse things can come. We need to be people that are zealous for God and know the power of God and speak the things of God. When you're in an argument, don't talk the negative and the doubts and the fear. Talk what God says. What does God say? You are an overcomer. And you do not become an overcomer by your achievement. You become an overcomer by a gift of Jesus in your life. We don't achieve it. It's a gift. We receive it. We receive the presence of God. Those of you that are in school and struggling uh, in math, I, I struggle all through my school life. <clears throat> and it wasn't until I was getting my flying license and I, I talked to my instructor one night and it was a whole bunch of men, it was a whole bunch of us there at the, by uh, Del Rio at, the, at this class. And, and I said something to him like, what if I don't make it? And these other men were around. They knew who I was. And my instructor said, I have never had a failure. Uh, anybody I've ever taught got their license and you're going to do fine. And it was a rebuke to me because I was speaking doubt. But that implanted something in me that we are able in Christ. Whatever God asks you to do, he can, you can do it by his power, not by your strength. Are you with me? All right. I better quit, brother. I love you people. I, I don't understand it. Uh, I don't know you that well. But I just really appreciate this church. I appreciate your pastor and his wife. And, and uh, I noticed, I found out that a lot of them, the kids up here, are there four of you up here or three? Three? Uh, and I was encouraging the young brother. <clears throat> and I think he did a little bit of what I encouraged him to do. But uh, to get you people to participate <clears throat> encourage you guys to get in on the singing and the worship because you see God could move on your heart just like he moves on somebody other heart to go to pray for an individual see so be be ready for God and God bless y'all thank you for this opportunity brother God bless you. thank you for your obedience amen, amen. <clears throat> you know what Alan uh, brother Alan spoke is so so true and it's really been on my heart um, because sometimes I'm just going to be honest with you you know to, to just to, to stand up here and to look out and to know what's in my heart, and to know what God's put in my heart, 
and to know what, you know, a lot of people, I know a lot of people are going through a lot of things. But people, we got to take a step of faith. We can't just sit down. We can't back down. We can't give in to our circumstances. We can't give in to the things, the pressures that, that bear down on us. And sometimes I just want to, you know, sometimes I just want to say, what do you, you know, you, just, you need to rise up. I think of that scripture that says, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. And, and we need to rise up. We need to rise up in faith. And you know, I don't, I, I, I was thinking about this morning. I had no idea what Alan was going to share. And you know, I, I, um, I kind of, go in between, you know, I firmly believe that you should come to worship with the brethren because it's in your heart to do that, because it's your desire to do it. I can tell you, I don't come here on the weekends because I'm the pastor. If you've known me from the time I came to this church in 1985, I have come week in and week out because I desire to worship God and I desire to be with the brethren. I don't come because I'm afraid God's going to be mad at me if I don't. I don't come because I'm trying to manipulate Him to give me something that I need. And I'm telling you, there's got to be something in the people of God in these last days, in these days that we're living in, there's got to be a desire and a passion for God. And I don't want to ever get up here and try to guilt people into coming to church and guilt people into being involved. I don't want to do that. Because it should never be because you feel guilty. It should never be because the pastor or somebody you feel like is putting pressure on you. But I'm telling you what, something has got to move you. Something has got to cause you to rise up. Something inside of you. You can give place to the things that are coming against you, and I guarantee it's the enemy. And the enemy will make you lazy. He'll make you complacent. He'll put in front of you every excuse you can imagine why you shouldn't or why you're not or whatever. And I'm just saying this. we got to stand together we got to fight together. we got to pray together. You're not here to get entertained. Alan said it last night. You're not here to hear good preaching or good singing. The Scripture says you come together to provoke one another, to encourage one another. You are here for one another. And I, you guys hear me say it week in and week out. If we do not get beyond our self-centeredness and our selfishness and it all being about me, then you'll never enter into that place where you're coming for those around you. And I love what Alan said today. Bring more than you're going to take away. You know, if every one of us would purpose that we're going to bring more to this place than what we're going to take away, can you imagine what would happen? If we would just purpose, I'm going to bring more encouragement than I'm going to take away. I'm going to bring more joy than what I'm going to take away. I'm going to bring more faith than I'm going to receive today. I'm going to bring it, and I'm going to impart it to my brothers and my sisters. 
And if we would, as the people of God, refuse to be selfish. Because Jesus wasn't selfish. The Father is not selfish. Jesus brought more than he took away. He did. And aren't you glad? And I'm just saying, let's be wiser than the enemy. He's very wise and he's very good at what he does. But we have the Holy Spirit. The greater one lives inside of us. Let's not give place to his schemes and to his tricks. Let's be wiser. Let's bring more than we're going to take away. Let's rise up. Let's be the people of God. Let's be the family of God. Let's come ready to impart to one another. See, if you'd come ready to impart, then just whatever you're going to get. And we would be ready to obey God. You'd never know what was going to happen. But that's got to be something that the body operates and moves in. So I hope you heard what Brother Allen said today. I hope you heard and I hope you're hearing what the Spirit of God is saying. Amen. Father, we just thank you. We thank you that you love us so much. We thank you that you love us so much. You speak the truth to us. And even when the truth challenges us, God, the truth is given, Lord, because only, only the truth will make us free. So God, set us free from the lies. Set us free from our own deception. Set us free from the deception of this world and of the enemy. Make us free, God. Free in your truth. Free in you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Praise God. Well, before we leave today, I want to, if if the guys would just stand back there and, and have a couple of buckets at the door. I want, I want you to, 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 again, not give because you feel guilty, not give because you feel like you have to, not give because you feel like someone's going to see you not give, so I better give. Just give out of heart, out of a heart and out of a desire to be a blessing to this ministry. Amen. Father, I just thank you right now. I thank you for Alan and Charlene and little Esther and Father, all the, all the brothers and sisters there at Faith Mission. I thank you, Lord God, that Lord, even as Alan has, has expressed what this congregation has meant to him, Father, I'm just so thankful for him and, and all that he means to us. I thank you, Lord, that every time, whether it's here or whether it's there, Father, he always speaks the truth. He always speaks, Lord, uh, what the Spirit of God would have him speak. And Father, I just pray today... Lord, that that each one here, myself included, will have ears to hear what's been spoken. And Lord, you would impart that word to us, and that word would be life, Father, in the name of Jesus. Bless, Lord, everything that's sown into this ministry. Multiply it, Father God, for your glory and for your kingdom. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. Have a great day tonight at 6, not I but Christ. So you guys come out uh, for the Bible study. See you then.